My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bundjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Happy Friday. It's the 11th of August. I'm Zara Seidler. I'm Sam Kozlowski. Australian artists Jack River and Josh Pike have supported a push in Parliament to remove limits on how much radio stations pay artists. But what is this limit and why does it exist in the first place? Singer Jack River is going to explain what you need to know in today's deep dive. We absolutely love and rely on radio and, you know, want to be besties all the time, but sometimes you've got to... (laughs) Ask for money from your besties. (laughs) Ask for some money, you know. But first, Sam, there was some big news out of Ecuador yesterday. Yeah, there was some very dramatic video. A presidential candidate known for speaking out against corruption in Ecuador has been assassinated less than two weeks before polls open. Fernando Villavincencio was shot dead at a campaign rally in the Ecuadorian capital. The country's president, who isn't seeking re-election, said his death will not go unpunished. PM Anthony Albanese has confirmed he's accepted an invitation from Joe Biden for a trip to the US in October. The three-day visit will include a state dinner with the president at the White House, and it comes as Congress in the US considers legislation on the AUKUS nuclear submarine deal. A review into WA's handling of COVID-19 has recommended better access to mental health support and improved efforts to counter vaccine misinformation. The independent review into the state government's pandemic management is the first of its kind in Australia. The government has supported all 35 of the review's recommendations. And the good news. A 13-year-old soccer player has made history as the youngest American team sports athlete to go pro. Davian Kimbrough signed a professional contract with Sacramento Republic FC after scoring a whopping 61 goals in his last two seasons. The club said they were excited to support Davian's professional dream. We are all big Jack River fans in the office, but we are also interested in following when Australian music intersects with the news. And that's exactly what happened this week, with the Senate considering a bill that would remove limits of how much Australian recording artists can be paid. We thought who better to get on to explain this to us than one of the artists pushing for this change. You know her publicly as Jack River. Her name is Holly Rankin, and today Holly joins us on the podcast. Holly, welcome to The Daily Oz. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I just want to start at the beginning, because I think it's very rare for The Daily Oz to get a pop star onto its podcast. But for anyone listening that sort of isn't in the music industry, doesn't follow how it all works, when you as a recording artist have your music played on the radio... How are you actually compensated for that? So we receive a royalty that gets paid to our collecting bodies. Radio pay a an agreed lump sum of money to the rights holders and then they distribute that to us. So that's kind of a very basic way of, of thinking about it. So it can be a, a large amount of money or a small amount of money. I think we'll get into it in a moment. Um, a fair bit of complication in the weeds there but basically the money flows through to us through collection bodies and our labels okay so i don't want to go into the weeds 
too much, but you were standing next to Senator David Pocock earlier this week in Canberra while he was introducing new legislation. Can you take us through the legislation and I guess for you as an artist, why it was so important to see something like this in Parliament? Absolutely. So I might rewind one moment to look at a bit more of the breakdown of those royalties. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so hard to explain. FML. Uh, (laughs) What's your favourite song in the moment, Zara? Endless Summer by Jack River. Okay. If your favourite song is Endless Summer by Jack River, within that song there's two major areas of of rights. We have the songwriting, which is myself and Matt Mason from DMAs. We wrote the song together, so we own the lyrics and the melodies. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, the other 50% of this this song is the recording, so the actual sound that was recorded uh, to create the song. And those two sides of the song are handled by different different collecting bodies. So fast forward to David Pocock's bill and he's talking about uh, sound recording rights. So his bill is called Fair Pay for Radio Play. It's got a nice sound to it. Yeah, it's got a real ring. <laughs> so within the Copyright Act, which is, you know, the the act in our federal legislature, how do how do we say it? our federal piece of legislation that looks after the the rights around any work that's created and any intellectual property that's created. There's this funny little thing in there left over from 1968 when the Copyright Act was formed. When the price of bread was 20 cents, I learned <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and it's a cap. It basically says that radio radio networks will never pay more than 1% of their gross annual earnings for sound recordings in Australia. Why? Why? Um, it's kind of like this piece of, they call it legacy legislation mm. in Canberra. So like old school stuff that's left in acts that, absolutely doesn't apply to today but just hasn't been cleaned up yet and that that little quirk in the copyright act that's pertinent to us at the moment seemed to be there as something to to get radio networks used to paying us as songwriters and and sound recordings and it was meant to kind of go away after 12 months like a kind of sunset clause in a contract but it stayed there for 55 years and now <laughs> It needs to move on. Um, so for sound recordings on radio around the world, the, the trend is between 3 to 4% of gross annual earnings from a radio network, if that makes sense. So we are actually sitting at 0.4%. Radio networks pay 0.4% of their gross annual earnings to rights holders of songs. And we're not asking to, like, change the percentage and, and change the payment right now. We're just asking for this earnings cap to be taken out of the copyright act so we can just just simply negotiate our value of those works. Does that make sense? There's a bit on there. That It does make sense. And I have a question that I want to ask, but I just want to finish on this topic first. So why, A, has this not happened before now? I mean, a sunset clause that was meant to be up after 12 months versus 55 years is fairly different. Um, and B, like, do you expect this legislation to pass now that it is in front of Parliament? So five different reviews over that 55 years <laughs> have said, every review that has looked at this has said to remove it. Mm-hmm. I think it hasn't been removed because 
radio networks like traditional, you know, media corporations have very deep ties to Canberra. They are very, uh, they're, they're legacy companies, you know, and they do things in, in an old school way and they want to hang on to these pieces of legislation that really serve them. So we absolutely love and rely on radio and, you know, want to be besties all the time, but sometimes you've got to you <laughs> ask know, for money from your besties. <laughs> ask for some money, you know, to pay for your life. So, yeah, um, that's where it sits. Um, whether it will pass or not, so David Pocock is an independent senator mm-hmm. and so therefore he can introduce private senators' bills only and generally um, they don't pass because David doesn't have, you know, a party behind him to back in that legislation. It is quite rare for that kind of bill to pass. But regardless, it's put the issue to the kind of front of the queue when it comes to issues between music copyright and communications portfolios but it hasn't come into fruition yet so you know we want to get things moving and we want to start these conversations and we're you know very ecstatic that because David's an independent he can get it get this tabled and get people talking. Yeah I mean it it certainly puts it on the agenda and I think for a long time in this country we haven't necessarily Um, heard from artists themselves about the way that their work is valued. And so I guess I want to take it a bit broader uh, and ask for you as an artist, what would you want to see in the future? I mean, this legislation we're talking about is quite niche. There's obviously a lot more that can be done. What are you hopeful for? So I'm an Australian recording artist, as you just recognised. and. This country has had, you know, a pretty long history of not valuing us and our our role in society as much as other countries like Canada and France and these grade A students over there who prioritise local content ahead of international content or at least they assign quotas to local content on radio, streaming, etc. We're in a time where global forces, global, global streaming, you know, AI, like social media, TikTok, you know, you name it, these forces are coming in and completely disrupting how we all consume music, right? It's becoming really global and instant. And so it's up to local governments, up to our government to protect protect Australian artists against that, but also prioritise us and give us, give us like a, a first step, at least in our own country, so that we know at least Australians can can hear us mm. and then we go out to the world. So coming back to how that looks in in policy is local content quotas. That's something that as an artist I'm pretty excited to talk about and I think What that does that mean the, exactly? So it means, well, it's different on radio. It means that there would be regulation created around like a, a percentage of local music that should be played or must be played mm-hmm. on radio stations. So on radio right now, less than 1% of music played is new Australian music, so music released in the last year. So that kind of sucks. Um, and then when you look at Australian music in general, you can see a trend of like kind of between 5 and 12% is Australian music. So we have very chill regulations uh, and it's also all self-regulated by radio stations when it comes to streaming 
all countries around the world are figuring out how to deal with this because Spotify um, and other streaming platforms uh, you know, control the algorithm basically. And there's a lot of discussion around how to prioritize local content through things like, lo- you know, local content algorithms that skew for a little while down a local content journey and then let you off into the big sea of, of international content. Um, same on TikTok. So how can we make sure we're prioritizing local artists uh, on these huge platforms that are just you know, churning out music from major players, US and UK. And that's a conversation we we really haven't had it as a nation in a very, very long time. And music, the music industry is set to, I think, triple over the next 10 years. It's a, it's a booming time, but we have to protect our local artists. It makes me think about when you started a movement to have more Aussie music playing in broadcasts of it was at the Olympics it was I remember seeing that and and thinking that is something that I as a consumer had never thought about you know I was watching the Olympics I was listening to whatever I was listening to in the broadcast um, and when you identified the need to have Aussie artists playing I was like yes so good has that kind of taken any shape are you seeing any movement towards you know they're wanting to be a prioritization of Aussie artists uh, in these sorts of circumstances I mean watching the Matildas it's great to hear Aussie artists being played when you're at the game but what's it like from your end yeah so that movement was called our soundtrack our stories and it happened because I was watching the Olympics and in these incredible Australian moments where Australian athletes are winning gold whatever, silver, bronze, whatever you do in sport. Um, <laughs> participation awards. <laughs> yeah, participation awards, encouragement awards. We were hearing, you know, these hits from like Kanye West and and Beyonce and stuff, <clears throat> songs that come from overseas. And I like took that thought and went to Woolies that night and was hearing the same and I was like, we were in a pandemic where our industry was at rock bottom. Most of our businesses were down like 80%. Mm. Meanwhile, you know, Channel 7 were playing uh, overseas artists in these incredible Australian moments. So I made that post and within, you know, two weeks we had Channel 7 come forward and say, oh, my God, of course we'll change the music. We weren't thinking about that. Channel 9 and Channel 10 also jumped on board and completely changed their playlisting. And then we had multiple companies come out and come out in support of the movement, like um, Bank Australia and Woolworths and Smirnoff. And um, I can't remember, there's a huge list of companies that came out. Um, And I think it was just like, you know, artists don't, we don't want to rock the boat because we're trying to keep things fun and chill and just release music and have a good time and make other people have a good time. We don't step out often and say, hey, like this needs to change or like, are you guys, you know, considering this? So um, when we did, yeah, the country responded so positively and there's been great things happen since then. Um, And as opposed to like the political regulation side that we were talking about before, this is more like let's do it because it's good and we have good music and really cool stories that really resonate with local people and communities and tell the story of the country we live in. So um, a cool thing happened recently. ARIA announced 
best use of Australian music in an advertisement. So there's going to be a new ARIA award for best use of local music in an ad, which encourages the ad industry to play more Australian music or use more Australian music. And like every day I hear about a new awesome ad campaign that is kind of taking pride in the song that they're choosing. And that can have an enormous effect on an artist's life. I think that's a brilliant note to end on, which is one of optimism and hope and that there are ways to be platforming Australian artists. So, Holly, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on The Daily Oz. Really appreciate you tuning in this week. We're going to be back again with five more banger episodes next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Go Matildas, and we'll speak to you on Monday.